The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Toffee. The British band Wang Chung took America by storm in the 80s, just about the time that MTV was taking off and featured the band quite prominently. They had a string of chart hits, including Dance Hall Days, Everybody Have Fun Tonight. They also contributed to the soundtracks of To Live and Die in L.A. and The Breakfast Club. Now, lead singer and guitarist Jack Hughes and other 80s bands have done a virtual concert to raise funds for frontline workers. I've got Jack Hughes on the line right now from the UK. Jack, good morning to you, sir. How you doing? Hi, Jim. I'm good. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. You and your family are doing okay, and where is your home base? Well, my home base is in Canterbury in the United Kingdom. Uh, Canterbury is a sort of old medieval city about 60 miles southeast of London. Right. Well, congratulations on this uh, virtual concert. It sounds like such a great idea. Back to the basement. How did you become involved in this project? Well, we were talking uh, with a promoter guy uh, who was, he, he was uh, uh, sort of abducted by the 80s dot com is um, where, where you go to find out about the, the show. But, but they were also trying to organize this a real tour. But when the, uh, the pandemic hit, obviously everything got cancelled. So we were talking about how we could do something. And the whole idea of doing some sort of virtual gig came up. And uh, so we started thinking about that. And uh, we thought, well, what we need to do is really sort of hang it around a, a sort of good track that we can send to radio and so on. So um, I dug out the backing track to Everybody Have Fun Tonight. Uh, it was a remake of the track that we did back in about 2008. I uh, sort of poured myself a glass of whiskey and uh, tried singing it again. So there there you have it, you know, and, and essentially, you know, a lot of people, you know, well, the bands that we quite often are touring with in the summer anyways, uh, they were all very keen to get involved. Uh, so the, the gig is essentially like one of those sort of 80s multi-band type outdoor concerts that you might go to in the summer. Uh, yeah. It'll be a virtual thing with everybody performing from home. And technically speaking, how are you set up to do this type of uh, performance? I, I guess, like you say, you've got the backing tracks and everything else should be okay. Yeah. Well, actually, what we've done with uh, Everybody Stay Safe tonight, as it's now called, is uh, we've pre-recorded uh, a video for that because we've involved quite a lot of different people and you know stuff going on. And, uh, and that's the sort of grand finale of the whole uh, show, you know, that we wanted people to have something uh, really great that they could go out on, you know. Uh, but before that, we'll be doing an acoustic performance of a song called Space Junk. Uh, that was a song that we did in, in the 90s, actually, so I guess uh, technically a little anachronistic. Uh, but uh, it was a song that became big because it was uh, used on The Walking Dead, uh, season one. Right. Uh, the final end credits was uh, Space Junk, so we'll be performing that song. I like that song a lot, and I do remember it being on, on The Walking Dead. It, it's interesting, too, isn't it, Jack, that uh, how you can record an album these days with one person on the opposite side of the globe. I mean, you can just do your tracks and uh, and email them to each other. You can do that, yeah. Well, strangely enough, uh, I, I over the last couple of years, I've worked on a solo album, uh, which basically I recorded in my 
well, at the time I was just living in a little apartment in Canterbury because my house was rented out and I just had a couple of rooms and I just turned it into a, well, it's not really a studio, it's just a room with a load of guitars and a decent microphone in it. And, uh, and I recorded this double album uh, which came out at the beginning of the year, which is under my own name, Jack Hughes, called uh, Primitif. So if people are interested, they should check that out on all the digital platforms, you know. You know, I, I, I would send tracks off and people would send me their performances and, and we've done a very similar thing with uh, Everybody Stay Safe Tonight because Valerie Day sings on that and, uh, and she's, uh, you know, did her performance uh, in her hometown, I think, which is around Portland somewhere and she just uh, flew the, uh, the, the part to me and I put it in the track. Uh, so, you know, you can do that. Jack, to go back a few years, how did you and Nick Feldman get together? Where did you first discover each other and form Wang Chung? Essentially, Nick had formed a band, uh, well, was forming a band and wanted a guitarist. And he put an, a Musicians Wanted ad in a paper called The Melody Maker, uh, which was something that I, I used to read in those days. And uh, I thought that looked like an interesting ad, so I went along and, and kind of got the gig. <laughs> uh, and Nick was interesting because this was in the days of punk, really, in, the, in London at that time. And, uh, and Nick was writing these songs that had a kind of punk sensibility, uh, but he was using quite jazzy chords, you know. So Nick's a big Frank Zappa fan, you know. And, uh, right. and I just come out of music college, and, and I had no problem picking up these really quite jazzy changes and stuff, you know. And I think of all the people he auditioned, I was the only guy who knew how to play C major seven. You know? It's interesting, Jack. You would say that I, I just interviewed recently Carol Kay, who was one, you know, is one of the great studio musicians, and and she said the same thing. I mean, she came from the jazz world, and and it was all very easy for her to figure out when she would go in and do a Beach Boys track, for instance. Jack, the name Wang Chung, I mean, it's been a cultural touchstone here in America. It's been referenced on so many things, from The Simpsons to Frasier to the film Austin Powers. I mean, obviously, it had a great effect. It worked, right? (laughs) It wasn't the intention. I mean, of course, nothing in life is ever really intentional. Right. But I feel very grateful. But it did work out that way. America, of course, fully embraced you guys. I sure remember when your first uh, singles were coming out. And, and I think it was David Geffen who signed you over here initially. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Which was very, I mean, we were very fortunate to be part of Geffen Records when it was uh, still a, a small company. You know, they used to have a little office on Sunset Boulevard. Um, and uh, I can remember going in there. You know, it was just like a little one-story, well, not exactly little one-story building, but it certainly didn't feel like a big, um, you know, record company, tower block type place, you know. Uh, and they gave us a lot of attention. And, uh, of course, we were very fortunate to be coming up when MTV was the uh, cutting edge, I suppose. Of, uh, and, uh, of course, it was very unusual, you know. You know, back then in the, what are we talking, sort of 1983, 84, you know, um, in America, uh, as you well know, you know, every city had its radio station, every city had a sort of whole identity in the kind of music that it played and was into, you know. And MTV, in a sense, was the first thing where it was sort of nationwide, if you know what I mean. So, 
the same stuff that was playing in New York City was playing in in LA. You know, and I sometimes wonder whether that was, uh, you know, the beginning of uh, a, you know a, a sort of decline in some ways. You know, but nevertheless, it served us very well, and uh, so we got massive exposure on MTV. We did do some some tours as well. We toured with the Cars in 1984 and with Tina Turner in 1987. Uh, wow. Act on both tours. But we were really fortunate to have great tours, and we had hits at the time, so people were there to see us as well as the main act, you know, so we got a great response. If I'm not mistaken, you recorded your first album at Abbey Road Studios. How exciting was that? Incredible, yeah, because, uh, you know, Nick and I are both big Beatles heads, you know, and we yeah. had Chris Hughes and Ross Cullum, they were the producers on Points on the Curve, uh, that first album we did for Get Him. And uh, and the thing, of course, that we almost immediately started talking about was the Beatles, and you know, in those days it was quite hard to get hold of the, the sort of outtakes and alternative versions. Uh, and Chris was playing me some stuff, and, uh, and we just almost, as a condition of working together, sort of said, well, we have to record the album in Abbey Road Studio Two, uh, which in those days still had the desk that they recorded Abbey Road on the transistor desk, and, uh, and that right. we did Dark Side of the Moon, you know, so. Yeah, really historic place to be working. And we were very sort of aware of that when we were working there. I had talked to uh, Colin Blundstone of the Zombies once, and he said that it was pretty incredible because the Beatles had just been there. They were, the Zombies were recording Odyssey and Oracle, and actually a little bit of their equipment was still there, and they, they borrowed it for to use in the album. So I thought that was kind of neat. That's interesting. Sort of an equivalent story, actually. We, when we were recording Dance All Days, you know, we sort of decided to do a few overdubs just at the very end of the session and uh you know nick is a left-handed bass player but he didn't have his bass with him you know and we wanted to do some stuff so i rather jokingly said you know well paul mccartney's recording down the corridor he was doing a sort of wings thing or one of his solo things you know and uh you know maybe we could borrow a bass from him and um <laughs> not thinking that it would happen but about a couple of hours later who should walk into our studio but macca holding a bass and he walked straight up to me and said was it you who asked to borrow my bass <laughs> i looked at him and it was like i just wanted to say so much to him about how if it wasn't for him i probably wouldn't even be in the studio you know and uh so that was a magical moment for sure oh my gosh yeah oh yeah and you just try to play it cool i suppose at the moment well you do yeah i just i think i think he's used probably to people being speechless when they met him <laughs> Well, Jack, I only wish we had more time. Uh, the Back to the Basement proceeds are going to doctors, nurses, first responders, and healthcare workers, you know, the ones that are on the front line in the fight against COVID-19. How can people donate? Yeah, I think there's a charity called Direct Relief, and I think the details of it are on the website, abductedbythe80s.com. Uh, and you enjoy the show, please do make a donation to Direct Relief, who are an amazing charity right on the front line. Jack, thanks so much for the interview, and good luck going forward. You as well. Bye-bye. Some of the other bands that contributed to this show are A Flock of Seagulls, Cutting Crew, and Animotion. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.